Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the World's Greatest Podcast. It is, of course, That's The Way, The Cookie Crumbles. Yeah, man. We are back, live and in action. We had a week off from Zoom, so get off our fucking back. It was one episode and now we're actually back. Yeah, but shut the fuck up. Thank you, Jim. Well said. I'm pissed off at him. I know. Send us some money, though. Merry Christmas. Yeah, send us yeah. some money, though. Happy New Year. We're not going to be here for a few weeks, so get used to this. That's very true. Maybe do it, uh, set your settings to auto-downloads to never miss an episode. Lots of games yeah. today, though. Lots of yes. fun games for yes. this. Talk to us. The Cookie Monsters. Yeah. Lots of fun games, lots of fun football chats, and uh, we hope you have a great Christmas and an even better Boxing Day when the football starts. Fantastic stuff. Such a nice message. Thank you. And unfortunately, Jim, I'm going to have to be a Christmas Grinch and come to you first. Man City, they've won one game in the last yeah. six in the league. Oh, some form. Phil Foden at the end. <laughs> did Palace a solid, really, did he? Yeah, yeah. We just, you know what I mean? 95th minute, just boot one of their players in the box. Not ideal. Lazy and, he, and he lost the ball as well, to give him the ball back. Um, yeah, poor stuff from City. I mean, broken record, I know, about City dropping points late on in games. But this one was to fucking Palace. I mean, at least the other games were against top six teams who... Are pretty dangerous. Although Palace have a great record of VAR, um, all things considered, they've been a problem team for us. Um, but yeah, really poor to drop points from that position, especially. I mean, I went out at half time and fucking seen the stats at half time that all 10 of our outfield players have created a chance in the first half. That's the first time that had ever happened. Like, we had like 70% of the ball and they had like two touches in our box. And I was like, well, that's, like, that's just. City just dominating and then you see that they go 2-0 up and then they get out of the car you know Manchester Zoo's down seeing some Christmas lights very festive Yeah. Um, and City had fucking dropped two late goals and I watched the goals at home and they was two of the weakest goals we've conceded in some time I mean the first one just a ball over the top good run from Slope um, but I don't know Diaz and Walker let him in I think Walker's been miles off it I don't know if it's been something to do with being made captain and all that changes the way some people play he doesn't look the same player. And then Ake again, similar to how Kulisevsky beat with the back post against Spurs. I don't think he should let Mateta get that ball. I just think that should be cut out, personally. Um, and then, yeah, like you say, he cut the second one. Just a, a mad mistake from Foden. But I think what is more disappointing and what Pep was probably more disappointed at was how we lost the ball in the 95th minute before it twice. Once Foden just trying to dribble in the middle of the pitch. I don't know why he's trying to come back inside. He should always be just trying to put it in the corner or go backwards and recycle possession and then we win the ball back and Bernardo Silva uh, in his own corner instead of doing a little pass to I think I can't remember the next one I think Foden might have actually been next to him or even just boot it out or lay it back to walk and he can boot it out just tries to dribble it around Mateta and then he goes down asking for a foul it's just it's not it's not a great game management is it and not something that City teams have been uh, susceptible to in the past because usually you get 2 0 lead in the city, pass it well for the last 10 15, and that's what has made them so good. But yeah, looking poor at the minute. Um, so, what do you yeah. think the reason is? So, obviously, you've got one game, one win in six, and it uh, wasn't a good performance as well. I thought we was quite lucky to beat Lewin at times. Yeah, yeah, you were to be fair. I know Rodri was missing for that. Like I say, Rodri, you've had issues when Rodri's been missing, but obviously, yeah. he's not been missing for all six. Is it, I mean, what's the reason? Is it, I don't know, is it off the back of the treble winning season the back of the three wins in a row are there injuries are there tactical issues so obviously you watch them more than us so. um, I, I think it's a tactical thing me personally um, I don't think the, the control's not there in the midfield I mean I know Rodri's been missing a few games and pretty much 
think it just goes to how important it is. Every game he misses, see teams team to struggle. Um, but yeah, we don't have control of the ball like we used to if Rodri and Stones would come in or Rico Lewis in January for a few months until Stones came back from injury. We don't have that. I, th- I think our midfield in general has declined since Gondwan left and I think we're really missing him. Um, I didn't think we would miss him that much. Not because he's, a, he's not a great player, because he is brilliant and I know he's had a really important season for Barcelona so far, but just because we've lost bigger players than Gundogan in the past five years and we always seem to be okay. Like Aguero had left, we've been fine. Company had left, we were better defensively. Fernandinho left, Rodri ended up being better. David Silva. David, the countless names that have left City at the time, you think that's a big miss and City ended up replacing them. Gundogan leaves, we bring in Kovacic on a, a really nice deal. Um, Nunes comes in and you're thinking, so City have done a great job again. Just just because based on the facts of what they've done in the past, you expect these to kick on. But so far, six months into it, the miles off Gundogan's pace. Gundogan's control... Um, and I guess he was a captain, and I guess we're missing that. Um, we've had a few injuries, but nothing like what a few other teams have. I mean, Haaland's missed what, the last two games. We've not had Kevin Durant since the first game of the season. But again, we've gone large periods of seasons where we've won the title without Kevin Durant. I think we won the league when Kevin Durant started nine league games, and I think four of them were right at the end to get him a medal or something stupid. Like We've been without Durant before for a while and been successful, so you can't blame him on that. I think... There is a bit of a treble hangover, to be honest. Um, yeah. That's not good enough. I mean, De Bruyne's back in training now for the Club World Cup. Uh, I've seen a few quotes about... I think they asked Bernardo why they're not as good as last year, and he said... Um, I think they asked him something like, do you think you're not going to win the league this year? Which is a bit of a stupid question. But he said, oh, you doubt us. So, something needs to click. I mean, last season we struggled for large portions of the first half, and I think the, um, the 115 charges came along and it helped us. Honestly, we, we might need another few charges to uh, <laughs> really get the backs against the wall. Something needs to change. Um, but as a City fan, I don't think you can be too doom and gloom about it. I mean, I said to my dad yesterday, we was both saying we should attack me in a minute, but we're not overly like, going mad about it. Because like you say, you just won the treble. Um, you know I me, mean? I'm not a greedy man. So, <laughs> But it would be nice to see us play a bit, a bit better. Um just thought hopefully we get De Bruyne and uh, Haaland back in the new year. I know our fixtures are nice until about February. And looking at the positive spin of it is the fixtures are nice. And City have won one in the last six, like you just said, Dirk Cook. And we're only five points off the top. And again, looking at these lads, I've said this for weeks, haven't I? Looking at Arsenal and Liverpool, they're, they're, not, they're not amazing. They're not special. And I don't think we're talking about Liverpool or United today. But that's the team who was going to go top at the league. And you've just seen... <laughs> What kind yeah, of forms that you can put out? So it's definitely not over for City, and I, f- I think a fair few of you are still thinking City are going to win the league anyway. So the bookies do, as we established before in the chat. Yeah, hopefully something turns around, and hope I'm, I'm hoping it's Diddy Brown coming back because I know he's a really big player for City. Yeah, uh, Cook. Uh, have Palace fans been spoilt with uh, a draw at the Etihad and nearly taking a point or three off Liverpool in the game before? I agree with why they must yeah, have been. Yeah, they must, they have, must have, been. have been spoiled. <laughs> they must yeah, have yeah. been I one mean, point from six. Oh, yeah, it's um, it's spoiling stuff, isn't it? From why it is, isn't it? They um, need to uh, shut up. Yeah, not uh, prehistoric stuff, because uh, why is a dinosaur? But the video of Pepper right at the end is so funny. Yeah, his heel yeah. turn is nearly complete, isn't it? <laughs> it's so close. It is, it We're it right on the close. cusp. 
He is. He's, he's, he's not bothered to say what he thinks. After the Liverpool game, he, he completely slagged the AR off. So he's like, he's like he raised his granddad at Christmas. He, he is. Yeah. He is. Yeah, yeah. After a few, um, he looked like a nanny was laughing at laughing at your uncles kicking off on Christmas Day or something <laughs> like that, didn't it? In the corner. Um, yeah. <laughs> to to be fair to Palace, look, they played Liverpool and City, and and they've got a point, and they were unfortunate to lose the other one where Liverpool had two shots on target so maybe something to build from from there and the Palace fans can just stop moaning because they've been spoiled I think if they'd had Dean Anderson back last week they'd have got a point as well yeah Dean Anderson's first game good to see him from a United fan perspective good to see him I think uh, he made a lot of saves in this game did make a lot of saves and uh, look he's a, good, he's a good keeper so I think uh, Palace have got a good deal there good keeper Sam Johnson there too as well so they're absolutely blessed with ex-United keepers uh, maybe they can get <laughs> pushing good stead don't they always push him in good stead they should get De Gea as a third choice <laughs> where's um, Roy Carroll well <laughs> now nah, they've got one too many Roy's they can't have two Roy's at Palace but yeah good good point for Palace and like you say City 12th in the form table over the last five games but as we've said uh, still the favourites for the Premier League despite everything else I do think so final thing I think if if, if we the if it was the Arsenal from last year or the Liverpool from three years ago, I think we'd be saying different. I think City wouldn't they wouldn't be the favourite, but I think because both those sides, I mean, I saw that if Liverpool won, if Liverpool beat United yesterday, um, I think they would have been was it forty points from fifty one. So even first has already dropped eleven points, and we've had seasons where teams have only dropped. Yeah, this 14 is the and lowest. On the, at this, I've seen on match today that at this last stage of the season, season this is the lowest amount of points Pep City has ever had. It must and be, we, had, we had a horrible first season as well. It must be the lowest points that first has had after this number of games for yeah, maybe we, a decade or something. Oh, oh yeah. Um, I so, imagine they'd have said something like that, but I think it is close. Like I say, if, if I think if it was Liverpool from the time they won the league or even Arsenal, the start they had last season, you'd be looking at City maybe being 10, anywhere between 10 and 15 points off. But like Jim said... They're within two wins, and you know the other team cocking up twice and the straight back in it. So. Well, we play them both, don't they? So it's still technically City's hands. Well, Liverpool and Arsenal play each other too next week, so I don't know who City have got. Don't know who City have got, but they can pull some points back. There. I think just final point. Um, I think there's a stipulation when Villa can go top of the league at Christmas. What is it? TLC. I think if is that the stipulation? I think, yeah, <laughs> I think um, I think if Arsenal Liverpool draw and Villa win, they'll go top of the league. He will, yeah, correct. Yeah, I don't know who Villa play. The players on Boxing Day, so that's a loss for them. Uh, <laughs> anyway, should we go to the games? Yes. Yes. Welcome back, listeners. It is that time of the episode, the time where you're going to win some money to spoil your pig of a half over the festive season because Canada Goose Coats aren't cheap and we all know your pig does love a carvery. So, moving on to the banker. We've got Fulham versus Burnley at Craven Cottage. We're going to go Fulham win in that one. Newcastle United to win away at Luton Town. We've got Everton double chance away at Tottenham. And then we're going to finish with Liverpool versus Arsenal, both teams to score an over 2.5 in the R5. So just to recap the bet of the week, Fulham to beat Burnley at home, Newcastle United to beat Luton Town away, Everton double chance at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and Liverpool versus Arsenal, both teams to score an over 2.5 goals. And Stan, what can listeners do with that? You can show it up, you filthy little hackers. Hello and welcome back, and like we said, we're going to spoil you with some games with it being the last pod 
before Christmas Day. And we're going to go straight into a career path game. Jim versus Cup. You know how it is. Five players. I say the clubs. You've got to tell me who it is. First off. Newell's Old Boys. Ribbon. Stand, are these active? This one's inactive. Nah. It's a mix. It's a mix. Yeah, it's a mixture. Inactive. Thank you. Newell's Old Boys. River Plate. Boca Juniors. Can't be many that's done that switch. Fiorentina. Roma. Inter me. Milan loan. Buzz in. Is it Gabriel Battistuta? It is, Gabriel Battistuta. Well done. I had a Gabriel on the mind, but I was waiting for Hines. I was waiting for that United waiting for that United link. Well, yeah. Did he ask play for Newell's? He, he has, correct. Play number two. 1-0 to Jim. Real Madrid C. Real Madrid B. Trying to guess what the next club is? Newton A. Barca first team. Espanyol. Close club. <laughs> oh. Same city. Real Madrid. He finally got there. Napoli. Yeah. Fiorentina. Granada. This player's active, by the way. Um, is it... Callahan. It is. First name. First name. Jose. Well done, Ooh. Jose. Quick fire this he one. He was, he was, he was there. See, he's up. I respect a guy going from a C team to an A team because I've done that in the past. You have, you have. <laughs> Definitely. I, I was am. there. Similar players for me. <coughs> Play number three, 2 0 to Jim. Wiener Naudstadt. SV Mattersburg. Bochum. Mainz. Lone. Schalke. Leicester. Charlotte FC. Charlotte Independence. Lone. Active, active or inactive? Uh, inactive. So I was going to say Robert Ooth. Retired. No, not Robert Ooth. Went from, think, who's to Leicester, sorry? Schalke to Leicester. And then where? Uh, Charlotte oh, FC. Oh, I know it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Uh, Schalke to Leicester. And he's inactive. And I'm defrosting. He is. you got to get it, Jim, because Cook's going to come straight in. Nice, give me, give, give me 10 or so seconds. If I can't get it, we'll, we'll give it. Okay. Um, I hope I'm right after this if I get the chance. <laughs> Him. I'm going to give you th three, yeah. two, Go on, one. Cook, Fook me, Christian Fuchs. Christian Fuchs, there we go, 2-1. Cook is the comeback on, let's find out. Player number four. He's inactive. Matter of fact, he's still playing, you know. January 23, retired. I did look. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Player number four. <laughs> I did look. I did look. I do my research. <laughs> Internacional. Inter Milan, also an Internacional. Roma, Lone. Roma, Napoli. Active. Roma alone, Roma, Napoli. Correct. Um, and they're active. Oh, I feel like I know it is. What do I know it is? Say the teams again just to fill the silence. Internacional. <laughs> Internacional. Inter Milan. Roma alone, Roma, Napoli. And they're an active player. Uh, is it Juan Jesus? It is Juan Jesus. It's 2 2. And if you notice so far, guys, we've had Jesus, Christian, Jose, Spanish for Joseph, and Gabriel, Angel Gabriel. You know Thank what? You. you said that at the start of the pod, and I forgot. It's my <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you did say that, and I think you're like, Dybala. <laughs> I did tell you it was Christmas themed. What about the three Dennis Wise men? <gasps> wow. Last player, Millwall to Chelsea. No, I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> um, last player, Monaco, Marseille. Leon, Torino loan, oh, Torino, one. Watford, Aris, Gatsientep. Don't ask me where they're from. Turkey. I've not done my research. Turkey. I'll find out for you just to fill in the gaps. So we've got Monaco, Marseille, Marseille and Leon, Torino loan, Torino, Watford, Aris, and Gatsientep. Really, should be thinking of Christmas names. Should just try. And, and he is still active, by the way. 
Steel. They are Turkish. Well done to both of you. <laughs> Do we get a point for that? Uh, no. Okay. And Aris are from Greece. Greece. So he's sticking around that neck of the woods. Monaco, Marseille, Lyon, Torino, Lone, Torino, Watford, Aris, Gaziente. And he's an active player. Um, just having a little think, Sam, if that's alright. Torino to Watford, I mean, oh. they've got massive Italian club they links, have, haven't they? they so have. Haven't they got a link with? There's a fair few. They might even have a link with Torino. I don't no, know. I think it's Udinese. Udinese, is it? Oh, it will be, because they've got Pereira, didn't they? Um, I mean, it's not Pereira, of course. It's not Pereira. Not Pereira. No, he's played for Juve. And Udinese. Um. Okay, so this guy's first name is linked to Christmas. Perhaps another name for uh, Father Christmas or Santa Claus. Yeah, it was, to be fair though, but do you know what I'm thinking of? Hey. I actually know it is, but I keep thinking of Chancellor Mbemba. <laughs> well, yeah. Nicholas. Cut, do you think you know who it is? He's, not, he's looking confused. No? I, I, it's because I am confused. <laughs> um, I can semi remember the card on FIFA now. Yeah, he, he, I think he had a good Quite info. Quick. Quite quick. Yeah. I think he was Cameroon, I want to say he's from. Centre-half. I think he only did one season at Watford. I have no idea. Is it like Nkudu or something? It is Nicholas Nkudu. Oh, it is. Kudu. We'll give him that. Nicholas Nkudu. We'll give you that. We'll give you that. Since yeah, it's Christmas, we'll give you that. I do not know who that is. Just three, from two. Fee- just from FIFA. We'll three, two. We'll give him that. So we go. That was well played. All Christmas link names. That was very nice from you. Thank you. Very nice. Thanks, Anna. Back to the football. Right, welcome back from all that fun. It's now time to talk business. And um, I'm going to come to you, Cook. Team that got the business done on Sunday. I'm super Sunday. And then Irons. Um, Kudus had two goals here, Cook. And he's looking to be some signing. Definitely. Paquetta got three assists as well. In the 3-0. Link up. Those two linking up. I know you love a stat on this pod. <coughs> Lu- Lucas Paquetta. The yes. most through balls in Europe's top five leagues. Factor in how much possession West Ham actually have per game as well. Very Maybe that's the problem for City, that he was jumping gambling. Ooh. Going back to that earlier comment. Perhaps, yeah. Yes, how long are they going to have him? But <laughs> no, kudos to West Ham and kudos to kudos because he's actually smashing it at the minute in Europe and for West Ham. And I'm going to answer my question with a question for you, Stan. Mm-hmm. Are West Ham fans a little bit entitled and a little bit spoiled? And I say this because... <laughs> I say this because Moyes has only got six months left in his deal and the fan base is pretty split on whether they should renew or not. Split off deal? Look at how they spent the Declan Rice money. They're a point off Manchester <coughs> United as well. So, yes, yes. there you go. I'm say that's probably not a positive going off this season. Um, <laughs> I, would, yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, I suppose it's always difficult when you're not a fan of the club and fans of the club always want more than they've got. I think that's pretty natural to always want... You know, maybe they're looking and saying this this squad it won the Europa Conference League last season. We want to be in the comf- Europe uh, qualified for the Europa League this season. We want to go one more. We're already in it this season. We want to do it again. Um, let's keep pushing on. Let's keep improving. So I do understand it. Whereas they might feel like they've seen the best that they can out of David Moyes. But at the end of the day, if if you're seeing your team lift lift a trophy I mean when was the last trophy that West Ham won I, I couldn't even tell you before that conference league um, so when you've seen your team finally win a trophy and you've got players at the club like um, Lucas Paqueta like uh, Mohamed Kudus like Jared Bowen um, you, you know how much better can, can West Ham get considering 
you know the money in the Premier League, the ownerships that some of the other clubs have. Um, I don't think you can do that much more than David Moyes. I think anybody you bring in is going to be a risk. I don't think there's anybody obviously available that one is going to obviously make them better, and two West Ham could go and get or attempt to get. Um, so I think you've got to be careful what you wish for. And if if I was West Ham, I'd be renewing David Moyes' contract to be honest, especially because it's not like they're getting miles worse. Uh, if they were really struggling, you had six months. It's a no-brainer to get rid. But there's every chance they qualify for European places again. Top this the European season. group. Yeah, top the Europa League group, and like you say, the. I think it's a double-edged sword, isn't it, with Moisey? I think when we're just you saying this it now, is. it it reminds me of a certain Southgate talk we've we've all had before in terms of West Ham fans who haven't been um, graced with riches, especially in the forward line. They've had some shockers mm-hmm. on the over the last decade or so. Oh, I've got this team now where they've got kudos like Bowen has been amazing since he's been there. Yeah, he's um, playing up top now, isn't he? Paquetta, like you just said, City won in for like eight million. Kurt Zimmer and like, all these players. James Ward-Prowse. It's a yeah, good, like, really like, good Premier the, the League. Team, the team's really good. They're mm, doing good well player. in Europe. Um, and Moyes is doing that well, so he deserves the show. I completely agree with what you're saying, Stan. But then I think some fans are kind of thinking, oh, well, this is amazing, but you always, like you say, you always want more and you always think you're better than you are when you support your team. So you're wanting like, oh, get me a, get me a deserve here. We've seen how Brighton play football. Get me a... Emery. And Emery and yeah, we've seen how they're playing football a minute. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like someone who you've not really heard of that much before and then you can come to the Premier League and just play an amazing football. Because they they've got the talent there. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like England, didn't it, where Southgate's brought them up from a team who wasn't an amazing standard and now the, the Golden Boys have all come through and developed. Southgate on one hand deserves that chance to lead them into the next truck tournament and then you've got the split on the other side of the fan base where are going he probably does deserve it, but we should be doing. We should be playing so much more expansive football than this. So there's similarities there, in there. I think. Yeah, I, th- I think they've been there before, though, aren't they? You could almost say a bit of deja vu, really, because they s- sat Moyes or they let his contract run down. They brought in Pellegrini. That didn't work. Obviously, won yeah. Man City league, but that was with Man City and all the money that came with it. And I think, to be honest with you, the business that they've done has gone under the radar. I think Edson Alvarez has been an unreal signing in there. Ward Prowse has been another good one. We spoke about kudos. Paquetta, obviously, from the year <laughs> before, but the squad's looking good. It's looking beefier, and I, I just think that they've been in a situation before where you think the grass is greener, but is it like Stan said? It, there's not a name out there where you're like, right, we have to get this guy. Or I suppose the best thing they can do is probably play it week to week and as they are and then if a good manager even like a potter but maybe who comes available and they want to take a chance on it then they, they will but I'd probably say the grass isn't always greener yeah I, I think a lot of it probably comes from David Moyes isn't a sexy manager is he in terms of looks or what who think, he is what do you think the players think I think the players will love him yeah, to be honest that's what I was thinking and why wouldn't you I mean you know look at the performing well the players are obviously backing him He's some of the players last season won the first ever career trophy First trophy that probably the majority of fans in in you know West Ham's crown have seen them win. Uh, I don't know why the fans don't absolutely adore him. And and like I say, they're doing it again this season. So for me, if they end up finishing, you know, top eight again, uh, definitely top seven and qualifying for even Europa Conference seventh. I think will be a good season for them. If you're constantly playing European football as West Ham manager, you're doing well. Even if it is uh, obviously the the second or third tier of the competition, you you're doing really well compared to some of the other teams in the Premier League and the money spent. If you're in Top seven. Who would football has more Premier League experience than David Moyes? No one. No one. Literally no one. This is, I think. There can't cum- be anyone. There isn't. Cumulatively, he's, he's been in the Prem for the longest. I mean, when did he go Everton? Like 2006. In the Premier League, it's like 
pretty much best, remember football. Best part of two decades. I mean, and he's not a guy that seems like he's slowing down. Seems like a guy that's moved with the times. He's a guy that, oh, like definitely. you said, Cook, is rebuilding a West Ham team here after losing Declan Rice uh, in the summer. Uh, has rebuilt, bought in three players who you just said Alvarez, Ward, Prowse, and Kudus. Spent the money really well, and you know they're still they're playing good football. Probably the best football under Moyes yeah. uh, that they've had. And they're in the the seven points off fourth uh, come Christmas Day nearly they play United next so there's there's Six every point. yeah I mean no it is I mean there's every chance if West Ham beat United they go on Christmas Day the sixth seventh in the table depending on all the results and I mean how if that's happening uh, going into the new year you're top six seven in the Premier League you're talking about your manager not getting his contract extended. Uh, I, I would agree with you that the word is probably entitled if you're genuinely thinking you, you need to get rid of a manager that's doing that for West Ham. Yeah, and just last thing, Jim, before we move on. Obviously, Moisey, if they choose not to renew, there'll be no shorter suitors in the Premier League and abroad. No, no, he really can't be just because of that experience. I mean, yeah, like you say, it's a big risk, isn't it? But it hasn't worked out for a lot of teams, and David Moyes would find a job within seconds in, in Premier League as well, I think. Yeah, yeah it's safe to say we're all Moyes lovers on here. Oh, yeah. Right, listeners, welcome back. Like Stan said at the start of the pod, it's a very game-heavy show, so enjoy this over the festive period. Maybe play it with your loved ones after you've played it once yourself and get us some extra listens. Remember, download, leave a review on all your loved ones. Separate Apple IDs. (laughs) So this game, we'd like to call it Lucky 15. I say we. I've decided it's going to be called Lucky 15. Basically, the premise of the game is they get 60 seconds each. I'm going to ask five questions, then four, then three, then two, then one. Totaling 15 questions. Each Stan and Jim has 60 seconds to complete them. Might sound a little bit complicated right now, but as we play through it, you'll understand. Lads, I'd like yes. you to toss the puck. Toss the puck. To decide who Stan, goes which first. One, do you want the, um, the Florida <coughs> logo or the, Florida the logo. boring uh, stuff at the back? The Franklin logo, I love. Yeah, the Franklin is, logo. Yeah, it's boring, is what I said. Or Florida. Me. Right, which. I think I want to go second here. Uh, I think okay. I want to see what I'm up against. Okay. okay. Okay, so Stan would yep. like to go first. Okay. Jim, do you, do you, actually, would you like to do the timer? Yeah. No, I'll make it go quicker. Time's up. Oh, that God. is unlucky. Oh, okay. it, was no, it is actually. Go on, DJ now. Yeah. All I asked that it is in view of Stan. That's all I asked. <laughs> uh, you just tell me when to do the little countdown. Are we ready? Okay, so right. we've established the rule. The timer will start at the end of the first question. Okay. So, Stan... The mm-hmm. puck has decided your fate. It has. Well, Jim has. The puck Joel's, the puck, the puck Joel's Jim. Will that bully really regret the decision that he ignored the puck? Wow. The puck oh. of destiny. We'll find out. <gasps> okay. Stan's first five questions. Mm-hmm. Name me five clubs that start with the letter M. Manchester United, Manchester City, Middlesbrough, Macclesfield, Mansfield. Okay. Four player surnames starting with the letter N. Uh, Nkulu, Nkudu, uh, <laughs> um, Nyom, Alan yeah. Nyom. Uh, <laughs> One more. Nani. Yeah. Three teams playing in the Saudi Pro League. Uh, Al Hilal, uh, Al Itihad, and Al Rigby. Uh, <laughs> Halfway through. Uh, Al. Uh, <laughs> Al Atifak. Yes, well done. Two players to score in a World Cup final. Uh, Pogba and Mappe. One stadium in the Bundesliga. Uh, Signal Iduna. Well Park. done. Lovely. With 
13 seconds to spare. How did you find that, Stan? Intense? Uh, it was, and I kept thinking I had to say five, so I got quite happy when you said I'm done. Oh, I, yeah. But you, I couldn't think of anymore. Yeah. You come down. Might I just add that them selection of players beginning with N? Brilliant. <laughs> Did you like that? Can we have them again? Uh, I believe Inc- it was Nkudu, Nkulu, Alan Neon. And Nani. wasn't expecting to his name. <laughs> and, <laughs> of course, with them, with, them, with them defensive players, you need Nani up there. Could you think of anybody else? N? I was really stupid. No, but I, I was just Nkunku. watching you. Unkunku, yeah. Oh, I could have gone Inkunku. I thought it was Zombie. But once you said Neom, I start thinking. Inzonzi. Like, Inzonzi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was really struggling. That was great. <laughs> I could only think of one word. Great. I couldn't. I thought you did quite well. <laughs> you did. With thirteen seconds to spare. So yeah. forty-seven seconds I did it in. You did it. Okay, Jim, you've got to beat that if you beat if you get to the end. And if they both get it right, we do have a tiebreaker one. Do I have to beat that okay. time? No, no, no. Oh, about. so if he gets it in fifty-nine, do I not still win? No, because we've got a tiebreaker. Yeah, I'm going to use all six minutes to run down the clock. He's going to hold it in the corner, Jim. Yeah, he's like Harland at the fucking trap. At the trap. Yeah, not trap percent. <laughs> James Trafford. Holy shit. Right. Play on. Play on. Play on. Play Okay. Jim, play number two. The timer will start at the end of the first question. I'm so nervous. I mastermind this. It is. scared. Five players' surnames beginning with S. Silver, Sylvest, um, oh my god. <laughs> Lad, I'm fucked here. Socrates, Sula, yeah. None of them beginning with S. Salah! Salah, there you go. <laughs> Four <laughs> clubs starting with the letter P. Portsmouth, Plymouth, Peterborough, Preston. Nice. Three teams in the MLS. Charlotte, LA, FC, uh, Inter Miami. Nice. Two players that have scored in a Champions League final. Um, Kai Havertz and Rodri. One stadium in Liga. Um, I don't know any of the names, lad. Um, oh, really against the clock here. <laughs> Oh, um, the Olympic Stadium? Well is that Marseille Olymp- Stadium? Olympic Lyon, yeah, he was right. Stad Velodrome, Marseille. Is the Olympic Stadium one? Yeah, it's a part of France. Could, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Tell you, I only know one. Yeah. Let me double check. Fact part check the, it, fact part, check part, it. Part de France, is that where yeah, PSG yeah. play? Part de France, Orange Velodrome, which I is Marseille. I can't think of the fucking yeah, I'm sure Lyon is the Olympic. Well, I'll Google it. Double check. You can have it. Double check, because if not... I pause late anyway, you did have it. I really put myself against it there, but I'm not thinking of any... I thought you just said PSG, to be fair. Once I said S, though, I, I wanted to say silver about five times, because there is more than five silver, surely. Right, listeners, it is time for the tiebreaker. We've checked the VAR. They've allowed Jim with the Olympic. So we're going to move on. 15, 15 answers within one winner. Stan, are you ready? I am. Jim, are you ready? Yes. First question in the tiebreaker. Five Arsenal Invincibles. Eh, Lauren. Eh, Ashley Cole. Eh, Henri. There's three. Eh, Vieira. Eh, Lumbert. Ooh. Eh, Pires. Four different clubs Latan has played for. Eh, Manchester United. Yeah. Eh, Ajax. Inter Milan. Yeah. Eh, Barcelona. Three Champions League winning captains. Eh, Gundogan. Eh, Roy Keane. Yeah. Eh, Puyol. Ooh, nice. And then the final tiebreaker... Keane didn't actually play at Champions League final. Well, do I get it or not? 
Because mm. he was the club captain. Yeah, yeah, you can have that. He, he was the club captain, wasn't Okay, and the final tiebreaker, just a reminder, this is till someone cannot name one of the things in the question. So, number one, an ex-Ballon d'Or winner that isn't Messi or Ronaldo. Eh, Kaka. Okay. Eh, Modric. Well done. Eh, Benzema. Yes. Eh, Michael Owen. Well done. <laughs> Luis Ronaldo. Well done. Um, Rivaldo. Mm-hmm. He has. Yeah, Cannavaro. He has. For you, Benzema. Nedved. Yeah. Nedved, yeah. Uh, Zidane. Zidane has won one, 98. Levy Yashin. Mm-hmm. Levy Yashin has won one. Uh, Bobby Charlton. Oh, um, he has 1966. It's risky. Um, George Weyer. George Weyer has won a Ballon d'Or. George Best. George Best has also won a Ballon d'Or. 1968. Um, De Stefano. De Stefano. Mm-hmm. He won the second ever Ballon d'Or in 1957. That should well, get more points, though. Are you sure? <laughs> you sure? Uh, Dennis Law. Dennis Law. 1964. Um, oh yeah, You're doing really well. Yeah, Dennis Law, 964. It's a good thing. No call. Um, that, isn't it? <laughs> I'm going to go. This is a very risky one. Loud drop. No, I'm not going to say which one. I'm going to double, ch- double my chances. I don't think he's right, though. Unfortunately, none of the loud drops have won a Ballon d'Or, Jim. Can't think of anyone else. Stanley Matthews. Stanley Matthews won the first ever Ballon d'Or in 1956. Yeah. So I'm named after. So I'm named after. Wow. Good win for you, sir. So other notable winners, Jim, from your past, Kevin Keegan won back-to-back Ballon d'Ors playing in Hamburg. I did not know that. My next guess was going to be DiBaggio. No, not DiBaggio. You could have had Franz Beckenbauer. You could have had Romario. You could have Johan Cruyff. Oh, it's Eusebio. Eusebio has one. One good mother you could have had. Maradona. You could have had Maradona. Fucking hell, we missed some big ones out there. You could have had Pele. You could have had Pele. You could have had Luis Figaro. He won like four in a row. He did. Three in a row, Stan. Three in a row. You could have had Carl Heinz, Rummelina. I think we've got some harder ones. Germany, Summer. Could have had him. You could have also had other notable names such as Lofa Mateus. Wow. You could have had Andrei Shevchenko. Oh, shit, yeah. I forgot he won one. And you could have had, I'm trying to see anyone else of note, Van Basten, Rude Hullet. Okay, no. Uh, I think that's it. <coughs> Do you know what? I think Luis because Suarez, not that one though. I think because we've grown up in a time when it was Messi and Ronaldo, you forget how spread the Ballon d'Or used to be because there's so many players there. Because there wasn't, I mean, there was always a standout Mar- Maradona and stuff, but even then, it seemed to be a player of season, didn't it? it I mean, did. even in the early noughties, Shevchenko and Owen and Rivaldo Nedved. and Nedved and Ronaldinho. We didn't even say. Did he win one? Yeah, he did. He beat Frank Lampard to it. Was that when it was Lampard and Gerrard second and third? Uh, I think Eto was third that year. Yeah. There was a year when them two were, I think. Mm-hmm. Beckham was second in that. I think I got some ones that were quite obscure compared to what we didn't get. Well, Beckham was a Rivaldo away from Ballon d'Or and he didn't even qualify from group stages at Champions League. Right, listeners, welcome back. I know you're having so much fun in the games, but we're going to leave you wanting a little bit more. We're going to break it up with some footy chat. And Arsenal are currently top of the Christmas tree. Stan, will they be there on the 27th? Um, I don't think they will. 
No. Um, I think they've got they've got a tough game coming up at Anfield. I think if they manage to win there, um, then fair play. But I don't know if they play on Boxing Day or around that time. They've got Liverpool and West Ham next. I mean, they're not easy fixtures. If they end up winning both of them, then they obviously deserve to be top of the league. But um, <coughs> I think they'll be there or thereabouts. Uh, they seem a little bit, only a tiny bit weaker than last season. Um whether that's to do with if they've not still quite not got the balance right, I don't think, despite Kai Abbott scoring again uh, in this game. Uh, and I do think that the short of that striker still as well, when Martinelli and Saka aren't quite on it, they get a lot of goals from the two wingers. Um, and they've not got loads this season compared to the last. But like I say, Gabriel Jesus and Kai Havertz uh, doing the business in this particular game. Uh, I thought Arsenal were, were good. They dominated the game from minute, uh, minute zero to minute 90. Um, they absolutely control the game from start to finish 2-0 win standard par win at home against the Brighton side who really struggled they struggled from the off I thought putting Milner at left back against Saka was a recipe for disaster uh, before Milner should have got booked and moved to right back uh, because uh, Joel Veltman got injured another injury for Brighton um, not ideal for them and, and again they're still struggling they've, they've still not kept a clean sheet in the Premier League this season uh, and it's Christmas on Monday so not the best thing for, for De Zerbi's men. But, um, yeah, going back to Arsenal, 2-0, par result, uh, no injuries, uh, no red cards. You, you take the three points and you move on. Yeah, and you watched this game uh, through its entirety. And from what I saw from this game on match of the day, Brighton were poor. And maybe yeah. that's another example of when they come back from Europe, they drop points. I know they've done it with uh, Sheffield United. And like mm. you said, they've still not kept a clean sheet. So, realistically, someone's got to give. Yeah, I think... <coughs> I don't want to be too disparaging, but I think it kind of shows the level of the Europa League that this Brighton side went through top of the group and pretty much seemed to win every game on a Thursday. Uh, and then on a on a weekend, they can't buy a win and they definitely can't buy a clean sheet. So, um, But I do feel a little bit sorry for them in terms of their injuries. Uh, we know that they've got quite a thin squad, but when they've got that full squad together, we know that they can pretty much beat anybody in the league at any given time. So it's a shame for De Zerbi and his team that they haven't... Um, had it really at all this season but I think it's good as well for Brighton and from Brighton's board that they're sticking with him they're not losing too much faith and I think they're understanding the situation that they're in and at the end of the day if Brighton end up finishing comfortably not nowhere near the relegation zones they can write the season off and go again uh, it doesn't really matter too much not too much expectations and you know you're not going to sack a manager who's Brighton manager that doesn't get in the European places uh, that would be ridiculous but on the flip side a lot for them to improve Injuries or not, you know, De Zerbi's got to try and find a way to shut up shop. Um, you know, there's been teams in the Premier League that have had injuries and, and but have still managed to grind out wins and grind out clean sheets and uh, Brighton just aren't doing that at all. Uh, and, you know, away at Arsenal, that isn't the place to start doing it. But like I say, I think the fact that you've played everybody in the league nearly once and you've not got a clean sheet against anybody uh, shows that there's glaring weaknesses defensively, injuries or not. So they need to fix that and quickly. But like I say, for Arsenal, three points and move top of the table now. Um, Aston Villa move up to second as well, which we're going to talk about later. Um, great result. And like I say, they move on to a big game at Anfield at the weekend. That they do. And Jim, just to talk about Arsenal a little bit. Mourinho, I don't know if you've heard, has done John Obi's podcast, the Obi-Wan podcast. <laughs> Got a great link up. Yeah. Friends of the pod, we'll say. There's no hate here, John Obi. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he was basically asked the question by John Obi, who he thinks will win the title, and he said 51% of him thinks Man City, 49% of him thinks Liverpool, and then John Obi said, what about Arsenal? He just went, nah. <laughs> so what, what do you think about Jose's comments, Jim? And like, like we were saying a couple of weeks ago, have Arsenal got 
the tooth in, uh, sorry, the long in the tooth, should I say, for a title race? I think these comments make for a great clip <laughs> and, 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 and a great quote for us to talk about on this podcast. But thanks, Jose. Um, I'm not sure they're entirely true, are they? Um, I think they got more than it, more than enough of a chance to to win the title this year. I actually think they are going to win the title. Um, personally, I think when you see teams that haven't rather haven't won something before, or in Arsenal case, haven't won the title in. It's coming on 20 years now, isn't it? Um, 22 years, at yeah, least. It's it over 20 years, isn't it, actually? 2020 years. No, it's not, it's not 20 over 20 years, years yet. 2003 season. 2003 the last time they won. Um, I think losing... I think what happens is teams in... Teams lose, or even in any sport, you lose before you win. Um, the greatest sport on earth has started standouts. You're watching a lot of that. I mean, <laughs> a lot of these players, your Luke Humphries, your Mike Smith, they've lost in big finals, and now they've won in big finals. City lost in the big Champions League final, won Champions League final. Chelsea lost the big Champions League final against United. That's good. He does. You need to. You need to learn from your losses. You need to. You need to lose really to to get over the hump. And I think Arsenal doing so last season in the fashion they did because um, they did beat themselves, didn't they? In the end, ultimately, they were brilliant, but did a lot of beating themselves. And I think they will learn from it personally. And I think they got more than. The percentage of chances that Mourinho has given them, based on what they've learned from last season and from what they've added in, especially Declan Rice in this window, because I think if you can get a hundred plus million bargain, they've got one on there because he's been absolutely brilliant every single time you watch him. He's not put a foot wrong. Yeah, great player, and um, I think he will be the difference this year in Arsenal winning or losing title. Yeah, I agree with Jim. I think. I mean. I said it the other week. I think I think if City aren't going to win it, it's going to be Arsenal, which isn't groundbreaking. I do still think City will, but Arsenal would have taken a lot from that last season. And I mean, going back even recently, Liverpool finished a point off City, and then the next season uh, went and won the league. Uh, we've seen it happen happen a few times before. Uh, other competitions, like Jim says, and I think I mentioned Kai Havertz and Gabriel Jesus. If they can upgrade them in January to Palinia and Ivan Tony. Uh, I think if you've got Palinia and Declan Rice in your midfield, then uh, it gen- that genuinely is a league-winning midfield. It's a team that c- it's a midfield that can go and do really well in the Champions League as well. So uh, if they can get the January signings right, I don't expect City to make loads. I don't think they need to make loads. I don't expect Liverpool to make loads. Uh, I think they've already spent a decent whack of money. I can't see them spending loads in January. Whereas I think Arsenal have the money there, and I think. Uh, they have the the want and the need to to, to buy players. Well. Liverpool yeah. lose Salah in Afcon, um, and like I say, I think if if Arsenal even just add two players and okay, it will end up probably costing the best part of one hundred and fifty million. If they had Ivan Tony and Palinia to this Arsenal side, um, then for me, the, the, I said it the other week, they become favourites for me. It's yeah. just whether they can do that. I think um, I think finally what Arsenal have done well this season and it is. Um, something that's, that I mentioned before about City with the 115 charges and how they kind of rallied on from that they were kind of banded together didn't they and they had this it's what Everton have been doing in recent weeks they've got this everyone's against us mentality and it really helps on the pitch I think Arsenal have been doing that all season I think they're almost Michael Jordan like in terms of Arteta he's an absolute he's an obber isn't he really like, like from the outside looking at he is but as an Arbet Arsenal fans absolutely love him because yeah. every game he acts like the refs against him Every little thing is like, you want us to lose. So he riles the players up that. It's very Mourinho, isn't it? I think they're doing that very well this season. They, they, he's kind of... 
he didn't lose the motivation last season, but he was top <laughs> of the league for so long. They might have got a bit comfortable, and I don't think they asked Harold let him do it again. Yeah, they were a bit wet behind the ears last season, I think. I think they would have learnt a lot from it. Um, it's a lot of the players' second title challenge. And I think they, like City and a few other teams, will be looking at the league thinking, we're nowhere near as good as we were last season, and Arsenal sit top. So they'll be thinking, if we can get anywhere close to what we did last season, there's a really good chance they go on a run in that second half and, and end up winning the Premier League, which, like I say, I think if they, if they get the right signings in January, for me, if they do end up Palina and Ivan Tony. Um, then the turn from you know second favourites to favourites for me uh, in that sense I think those two signings will push them that much further on uh, in addition to like Jim says the, the siege mentality they've got going on and what they learnt uh, from finishing second last season Right, listeners, welcome back. It is again time for another game on the pod. Very game-heavy pod to take you over until the new year. So, it's a familiar one. You've already had one, a bit of a festive one, but now a bit of a normal one. We've got five more career path games. Stan, give me a number team one and five. Four. Poor choice. Very poor choice. Four choice, some people would say. Ooh-wee. Okay. Career path number one. Plymouth Argyle. Russian and Diamonds loan. Barnet loan. Bristol City. Crystal Palace. Everton. Aston Villa. Anderlecht. Sporting Lisbon. Middlesbrough. Shit, mate. Kayuk Rizzi Sport. And currently plays for Swansea. Oh, so I can do the clubs again very slow. Yes, please. Plymouth Argyle. <coughs> Am I in this? Yeah, it's me and you. Yeah, it's, it's, who, it's I just start, it's I just chose who we started. Right. Yeah, it's okay. great, but so if I don't know it's straight away. Oh right, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. So started at Plymouth Argyle on loan to Russian and Diamonds, loan to Barnet, signed for Bristol City, then Crystal Palace, then Everton, on loan to Aston Villa, on loan to Anderlecht, on loan to Sporting, on loan to Middlesbrough. What's a loan? He does love a loan. Played out in Turkey for Kior, Rizispor, and currently plays for Swansea. So he played for Palace and Everton, and then Everton loaned him to all these clubs. To Villa. Everton loaned him to Aston Villa, Anderlecht, Sporting, and Middlesbrough. Yes, he was out on loan from Everton for a while. Um, Could not fucking tell you. Still playing? Absolutely, Mr. Tuffy, this. It is, it's Mr. Tuffy. I can't even think of anybody that's played for Palace. Still active, And Everton. Just a little thinking. Oh, Yannick Velassi. It is Yannick Velassi. Yeah. Mm, yeah. You think, yeah, uh, he, start, he started off in the lower leagues. Yeah, yeah. Applied his trade. Comes from France, but played for the Congo. He does. He does. He recently went to Swansea, hasn't he? He has, yeah. Very recently, three appearances, zero goals for Yannick. Well, he's due yeah, but he has got 9.50 for the DR Congo. Yeah, London boy. <laughs> didn't, 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 know he start, didn't know he started at Plymouth. He did, he did start at Plymouth. <laughs> okay, 1 0 to Stan. Jim, give me a number, team 1 and 4. 4. Team number 1. Bastia. Don't call me that. Jim is not you bastard. Do you know where they're from? France. Well done, Jim. Do you have my flat? Yeah. Okay, I'll sell them. 1 0. Sit in, Jim. Get one for that hat as well. Thank you. It's a good one. Started off at Bastia, then moved to Lyon, then moved to Chelsea. Then moved to Real Madrid. Essien. On loan. It is Michael Essien. 
to cap off Essien's career. He then signed for AC Milan, then for Panathinaikos, then for Persid Badiung, who are in Azerbaijan, I believe. Uh, that's where I would have got it. And yeah, yeah. I like, that's why you should have went backwards. No, I wanted to kill it because I knew if it got to them, Jim would have got it. Oh, yeah. they're actually Indonesian. I'm such a fool. Oh, goodness gracious. And then Sabal are actually Azerbaijani. I've got them mixed up. Oh, it's all right. We'll let you off. You're Azerbaijans and you're Indonesians. Thank you. Jim. Hiya. You pick a number for for the boys, actually, not for Stan. Oh, what? Time one and three. Oh, I can't pick four again this time. Then again, that's not good for me, is it? Because you've won two. That's four. true, maybe it's the change for you. One! Okay. Player number three started his career at Lyon, then moved to Marseille, then went to Newcastle United on loan, then signed for Newcastle permanently. Is that Younger and Biwa? It's not. Go on, Kabai. It's not. Oh, fuck, we're both back in. Oh, you're both back in, though. So I'll restart. Yeah. Started at Lyon, then went to Marseille, Newcastle on loan, Newcastle permanent, Yeah. Hull City loan, Nice permanent. Banafa. It is Hatton Banafa. Paris Saint-Germain permanent, Stad Rennes permanent, Real, Bayolid permanent. I was thinking of, like, Maldi, Bordeaux, and Lille. Yeah. So he's boxed about France. Just the one, yeah, two, three, four, five, six, seven friends. Not a good time for him, really. So Stan has one. Jim, you are playing for Pride. I'm always playing for Pride, mate. You are. You and Anderson. Pick up the LGBTQ community. Okay. Jim, you are playing for Pride. Reminder. Yeah. Jim. <laughs> Started his career at AC Milan. Oh, yes. He's retired. I'll give you that as well. Long retired. Long. Ten years. Ten years retired. Wow. Oh, I'll give you that. Old boy. So he started his career at Milan. Went to Como FC on loan. Then went to Prato FC on loan. Signed for Lazio. Then went to Castel di Srango. On loan to Chelsea. Chelsea permanent. Chelsea to Tottenham. Permanent. LA Galaxy finished his career. <sighs> Is it Gus Poyet? It's not Gus Poyet. <sighs> Stands frozen. Yes, this is where we strike. So, Jim, if you want him again, but slower. Yes, please. <laughs> really, really slow. Milan. Too, too quick. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Prato permanently. Lazio permanently. Castel di Scrango. Cook, is it Gianluca Viali? It's not. Rest in peace. Fuck, I just went for it. <gasps> I know where it is. Hang on. Chelsea loan. Chelsea permanent. You best not be right. Chelsea to Tottenham. Ellie Galaxy to finish. Carlo Cudicini. It is Carlo oh, Cudicini. Thank you. I was going to say Zola, but I'm like, he never played for Spurs. Not many done that Chelsea Spurs. Went back Palmer as well, Spurs, uh, Zola, I think. He did. Not many done Chelsea Spurs. Not but Poyet and Cudicini have. And? Was he ideal? Has he? Yes. Okay, Jim, you're 4 0 down. Yeah, this is. Um, it's not looking good, This bro. is quintuple points on this, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> That's usually the, but if is, you yeah, get it wrong, the rules. But if you did, do get it wrong, as the pod rules suggest, as it is written in the bylaws when you sign the Bible. this pod. In the Bible as well. <laughs> if you do get nilled on one of the games, you do have to start an OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> I was oh, close the other week. So I was. I was close the other week. The listeners were fuming, but I was close. <laughs> So he said I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Trump. <laughs> fuck off. Just do the fucking that's way. Right, Jim. Reminder, you do have to start an OnlyFans yeah. if you do get nil. Oh. Started his career at Lens in France. Oh, that's not good. Oh, yeah. Tottenham Hotspur loan. 
Time pass but permanent. Is he active or inactive? He doesn't know. You say active, he is active, but is that the minimal amount of active you can be? I would say. I respect, oh, okay. I respect that a lot. Okay. Fair oh enough. yeah, we all do. We all respect that. So start off at loans. Spurs loan. Spurs permanent. QPR loan. QPR permanent. Fulham loan. AC Milan loan. Benfica loan. Then he was demoted to Benfica B. Oh. Do you know what? Adult Rat. Al Nassar, current team. It is Adult Rat. And <laughs> Jim, you do have to start an OnlyFans. Jim Freeman, I actually seen a, a play like a player that's supposed to think it was Adult Rat. He did. He went Benfica B. I didn't get it then. I didn't get it now. He just played. He played deep line playmaker for Benfica B. He did indeed. That's what I was at Spurs. That's where he came through. That was well. He did England, obviously, but in England. Yeah, his first taste of football in England was with Harry Spuds. With Harry, I guess we can all just see some. It was nitpicks soon. Jim, I'm sorry. No, the cookie crumbles. Nice way to end. Get into it. And welcome back. We're finally at the end of the pod, and we're talking about Aston. Vanilla, or maybe not, because they've not been very vanilla this season. Very they've nice. been brilliant. They've been made perhaps a mint choc chip or some maybe sort of raspberry, raspberry Neapolitan, definitely. Um, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> they've got three flavours and three points more often than not. Um, only Manchester City have won more points in the Premier League this season than Aston Villa. Uh, and Aston Villa sit second in the league um, so far this season. Absolutely brilliant, considering they are also playing Thursday nights in Europa Conference nights. Um, <laughs> Cook, how good is this Aston Villa side? Can they go and win the league? Yeah. Quick answer, yeah. Quick synopsis of why. They're better than the Leicester team that won it. And I do see a gap in the market for a non-Man City winner. Purely because, like we stated earlier, the standard for the Prem overall has been down. But somehow in Europe, bar United and the other team that shall not be named, embarrass the nation in Europe. Um <laughs> I do think it will probably be an English winner of the, of the Champions League, whether that be a Man City or an Arsenal. I think it is built for Premier League teams, tournament football. But this Villa team are really good. We've spoke about the depth. Tielemans, I believe, has he won a title with Leicester? Did he win a title? No, they bought him afterwards. Oh, I think, shame card. But regardless of that, they have added some depth. I really like the side. Watkins is bagging goals. He's equaled Dwight York's club record for 25 goals in a calendar year for the Villains. As well, so he's got Boxing Day to put that right. Hey, I lied. Why didn't take don't take penalties? Andy looks after his son. Dwight, that is not Ollie. He's a bad dad. <laughs> but no, Ollie Watkins, some player. He's obviously earned his England call up as well. I say it about a lot of things, but is it sustainable that he keeps bagging as much as he does? I mean, going back to Leicester, we were asking the same about Vardy, and he kept doing it, didn't he, for about five years? After that, he, he scored twenty. Pretty much every season, so I don't know. Is it is it a purple patch? If you can have a purple patch of a season, claret that's patch, even possible. Perhaps. A claret patch, definitely. Um, or has he just come of age? I mean, we know that Watkins was very highly rated. Villa actually bought him for thirty five million from Brentford, which was questioned at the time. Who is this guy they bought from the Championship? And now he's he's probably uh, England's second striker and on the plane to Germany next summer. So. Um, yeah, look, we'll see. I completely agree with you, though, Cook. I think they've got a really good side, and there is a gap in the market. It's a season, maybe not for transition, but a season where there's no obvious best team in the league, if you get what I mean. And and that is exactly what happened with Leicester. Uh, and they found the formula. They got very, very lucky with injuries, uh, which Villa have, have 
doing so far this season. So if you can continue that, they're one of the teams really that haven't have haven't had many key injuries to the players. So uh, and they have had they've got a World Cup winner in net, Paul Torres, Diego Carlos, Europa League winners, Emery's won almost everywhere he's been. So it's not like it's a team that hasn't got winners, hasn't got winners in the team and, and hasn't got a manager that's kind of there for the first time. He's been there before, so um, they could really be the surprise package of this season. They could be in Jim. I remember you saying on the first part of the season that you was so disappointed in Aston Villa, obviously, because they went away to Newcastle. I think they got beat 5-1 in the end. And I remember Jim saying that he was so disappointed by them. They seem to have kicked on since then. Set a club record now for most wins in a calendar year, 25. Didn't disappoint Fergie, though. No, they didn't. He predicted it, didn't he, Stan? Well, he said they were. He's never seen the scoreline was very surprising, didn't he? And he said they were the best performing team of the opening weekend, and they got beat five one. And Newcastle fans said it was because he didn't want to admit that they were really good and all stuff like that. Which you know, fine, whatever. Enjoy that uh, Villa a second. So it's almost like he knows what he's on about. And another guy who knows what he's on about is Jim. So I'll let him talk. <laughs> yeah. Eight, Eighty-one points for Villa, Jim. Only your boys, Man City, have yeah. occurred more points in this calendar year. Well, which isn't bad. Stats speak for themselves, don't they? Because we were in a fucking trouble last year. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, I think they, I think they really they can win the league. I genuinely think we're not getting carried away. Just like Stan was saying, um, just it is like the Leicester season in terms of you feel like you're Arsenal, Liverpool, and City. You're the top three, aren't as good as previous winners at this stage, and they aren't. They aren't not only the points, but they aren't playing as well as well. Um, I think we speak of sustainability. Is what Liverpool doing sustainable coming back all the time? Arsenal have a lot of late winners, a lot of late points. Is, is that sustainable? So, let's start looking elsewhere because Villa, even though you're asking, even though you're only doubting them because they've not been this high before, but when you look at them on the pitch, they're, they're worth every worth every win, they're worth every point they get. Um, so, yeah, why not? It's a much better side than the Leicester one, that's what I will say. Um, it might not have, I don't think it has as good individuals, maybe, in terms of. Vardy, Mahrez, Kante, I, I don't think they have players as good as that. Um, but the 11, the 11's better, the 11's Mahrez better. Manager's just as good. Um, and having that record, having that strong home record, the more they keep winning. Sheffield United at home um, this weekend, the results go their way, they'll be top at Christmas. Um, it'll get to a point where that'll be a fortress. It'll get to a point where teams are going to Villa Park <laughs> expecting to lose. Which is what happens to championships, champions winning sides, doesn't it? A lot. I remember last season, well, last five years really. A lot of teams have come to the AI already beating the tunnel. Um, the more they win at Villa Park, the more like that'll happen. The more likely Sheffield United turn up thinking we're not going to get anything here. When in previous years that would that would have been this. This is a fixture that we we, we could do something. In. Um, yeah. And I, I know teams don't. They're going to say they don't think like that, but there is that conscious in there. Of, um, yeah. Having used to go to Old Trafford um, when Fergie was there, he was like, this is going to be tough, this. And you're already beat, aren't you? Um, it's a real thing. It's something you can't switch on and off. That, that will happen at Villa the more they went. And, and as well, the atmosphere in Villa Park just gets better and better. The more, the, with, with results, the atmosphere gets better. And it was, it was already quite good anyway. It was yeah. brilliant against City and Arsenal. Yeah, they're, they're a fucking yeah. massive club. They're a great club. They're yeah, a massive they club. Yeah. Yeah. One, one thing I just wanted to ask you both before we, we wrap up the pod. Out of the new boys that we've signed, we spoke about signings for West Ham earlier on in the yeah. pod that have made a difference. Jim, we'll start with you then we move to Stan. What's the one signing that Villa have made that you think has took them to this new level? Um, out of the new boys just this season or Yeah, just the ones new season. So your Kamara's, your Paul Torres is, your you know, your players like that. Uh, I think who else we got? Kamara, Diaby. There's a few. Yeah. Do you know what? 
if he pull, he's probably out of them, he's probably Diaby, and and not really answering your question, he's probably the players that Emery's improved for me. Okay. Um, I I think the not so sexy names have come on leaps and bounds. I don't think John McGinn's played as good football as he's played in recent weeks. Every console looks brilliant. I mean, there was always talk of when Mings got called up to the England squad, and he played against Germany, didn't he? There's a lot of concerts better than him. I talk anyway from fans who watch Villa more often than the likes of us who watch them when they're on telly or just a match of the day, for example. I think concerts come on a lot, um, and I think again, recently he's got caught him, but Watkins had a brilliant season last year and he's carried it on. So I do, I know it's not really answering your question, but the signs have been brilliant. Your point is, is, is a good one. But I think them not so sexy names. Have been the players that Emmy's improved and why Villa are so good this year. Yeah, would you would you agree with that, Stan? Players like that, even people like off the bench, like Leon Bailey. Yeah, it's it's the improvement, isn't it? It's the fact that he's improved everybody. Twenty percent. Is the one name that you like in there? Is the one name that they brought? Uh, in I love Musa Diaby. Like I love Musa Diaby just because of the type of forward that he is. Is the exact type of forward that I basically grew up watching uh, United forwards be, and that's somebody that can take it on either foot, can take you on the inside or out, and will run at you. Ten times, if you tackle him nine times, he'll skin you and then score on the tenth. And I love that in wingers. I mentioned it the other week about Doku, but I think one of the most important signings, and and this is uh, again not answering your question because it's not a player, but I think getting Monchi in from Sevilla and getting him working tightly with Emery, we know how well they can work together. Uh, I think probably over the next few years, if they can keep hold of Emery and they can keep Monchi, we know Villa have got the money and we know that they've spent it well even before Monchi arrived. So seriously if if they can if they can keep finishing high in the Premier League getting that prize money maybe get a, a Europa Conference which I'm sure they'll be favourites for um, they probably were at the start of the season if not they definitely are now um, you know if they can get that prize money and just get that solidity and keep pushing up staying staying at high up in the Premier League as they can and keeping hold of the current players and they could really build a great team with, with Emery and Monchi together because uh, they very rarely find any duds in the market they find you know great recruitment and like you say they've, they've brought in Paul Torres Diaby already this summer made uh, Kamara oh no who was the other guy they've signed a third guy as well Zaniolo Zaniolo as well who's starting yeah Zan- Moreno who's great back up for Dini and scored against Brentford and Tielemans on a free uh, and that was all since Monchi's come in that's five players that have all seriously improved the squad uh, and the starting eleven. so I think it'll only get better for them. I think probably the best bit of business they've done this summer is honestly bringing in Monchi from Sevilla. Okay. And that concludes all the football chat for this week. We'll see you in a few weeks. Hope you all have a lovely Christmas. But I'm going to let you know where you can find us when we're not making pods. So if you've got Twitter or Instagram, you can follow us by using the handle CookiePodNet. You can also find us on YouTube by using the handle Cookie Podcast Clips. We're also available on TikTok using the handle The Cookie Podcast. So it's been episode 207. Merry Christmas, and that's the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah,